looking at uh, the things that, that Peter is telling us here. Let me get over there. And considering uh, what Andrew said, I thought he did a, a really good job. And um, I also think it would be good for us to, to really delve into that uh, verses 5 through 11 in more detail. Uh, when you read that, it it jumps out at you as being a lot like the fruits of the Spirit uh, in the study we had in that, those t- same type things. And so uh, I'm sure we'll try to plan to do that at some point in the future. But in considering uh, chapter 2, you know, Peter, as Andrew said, um, he really did a good job. I'm, I'm not going to read some of what I had because he, he did kind of bring to light the fact that Second Peter is really seemingly a follow-up of First Peter, which is all about uh, suffering. You know, that's one of the themes in First Peter is, is uh, our suffering for Jesus' sake because he suffered for us. Uh, and, and Peter, in, in First Peter, he ties that concept together uh, with our actions of, of being holy and, and our obedience and us replacing fleshly things uh, with the righteous spiritual things that God tells us we, we must be doing. And so, you know, Second Peter is, is starting out with Peter there in chapter 1 reminding of us and the people he was writing to of those same things, uh, telling us how to grow and be fruitful as opposed to being what? Barren and unfruitful. And Andrew, you know, he made the statement, you know, that's not what we want to be. You know, we don't want to be those who are described as barren. We don't want to be those who are described as unfruitful because based on Jesus' words, you know, those uh, will be cast into uh, eternal condemnation. But uh, there towards the end of chapter 1, Peter does seem to change kind of what he's talking about uh, and, and focus in a little different direction. And he does that. He, he, he segues or transitions over into that by at first, you know, bringing up the fact of, of hey, you know, we were there on the mountain with Jesus. Uh, we heard the voice from God saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The things that, uh, that we're telling you that the apostles were, were had taught them and, and were continuing to teach were from God, and they were the truth. And, and Peter's making this point because he, he's transitioning over into what he's, he's going to give some warnings about starting in chapter 2, and that's about uh, false doctrines, false teachers, those who were teaching things that were uh, not what Jesus had said and not what uh, the apostles were teaching. And, and that was uh, a problem then it's a problem now it's been a problem we're going to look at a few uh things even from the old testament about false prophets and so peter again at the end of chapter one is kind of swapping over saying we were there with jesus we heard the voice of god the things we're telling you is what is true and right and beware of anyone who comes along saying different things than what we're saying uh and so again there's there's rebukes uh and warnings about false uh, teachings and false prophets, really, uh, in in a lot of the Bible, Old Testament and New. Uh, but Peter makes the statement there in chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. He says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, deny, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift, swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of the truth will be blasphemed. And so, you know, Peter's saying, 
you know, there has been false prophets in the past. There will be more false prophets and teachers to come. Uh, they will be among us or among you, uh, and they will draw some away. People will follow them. And so in in light of that, I wanted just to kind of look at uh, several different things. Uh, again, you know, rebukes and warnings about false prophets and false teachers are, are abundant in the Bible, Old Testament and New. You can look in Isaiah. If someone would read Isaiah chapter 5, please, verses 20 and 21. What are those who call evil good and good evil? Put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Okay, uh, and you can continue reading there some more woes. But uh, in thinking about uh, false prophets or false teachers or, or those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Uh, and then woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And so we can see Isaiah there describing things that we understand, uh, things that we've probably seen, heard, and witnessed, you know, of good being called evil, evil being called good, uh, those who are wise in their own eyes. And that, you know, this is all warnings for us to be careful of and be aware of uh, those situations um, and also to check ourselves for those situations. You know, make sure I'm not the one uh, calling good evil and evil good. Make sure I'm not the one who's uh, only wise in my own eyes. Uh, also in Jeremiah chapter 50 and verse 6 is a, another Old Testament one that I had. Jeremiah 50 and verse 6. If someone would read that, please. Mr. Gary, would you mind getting that? My people have been have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone uh, from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. Okay, and so then just a, a snapshot there uh, of shepherds leading astray, the idea of, of false uh, teachers or directing in a false way, taking in the wrong direction. And again, we're, we're by no means going to look at all of the passages that give warnings or rebukes about uh, this type thing. Matthew chapter 7, if you flip over to the New Testament, we've got Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 there in verse 15. It says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Uh, and you can keep on reading about, uh, and we will look at that a little bit later in the lesson, about some, some further things Jesus says there about you know what, what to be aware of and what we should be being. But just in those passages, we've got Jesus giving a warning about false prophets. And, and we can see some things from there that, you know, this idea of a wolf in sheep's clothing, the idea of, you know, a, a, a false teacher not pronouncing himself as a false teacher. That is something uh, that you have to kind of be cognizant, uh, 
cognizant of and and, and considering and and uh, looking for. And Jesus tells us, you know, the best way to identify that is is by their fruits. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that um, in a few minutes. Also, Acts chapter twenty, another warning. I wish I could have found it, but I, I've I've heard it quoted before in a sermon that there's more warnings and, and teachings about false doctrine and false teaching in the New Testament than than a lot of other things. And if you get to looking at it, it's a lot of it. Um, Acts chapter twenty, starting in verse twenty-seven, we've got Paul, and this is where he's he's with the Ephesian elders. He says, "I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which He purchased with His own blood. For I know this that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock." Also from among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day uh, with tears. Okay, so again, we've got the Apostle Paul, and I've got uh, several more verses from him, but it's the same thing that Peter's saying, you know, to, to beware and watch out for false teachers and false doctrines. If they will come, they they can uh, and will be uh, from among you, and so it's something that you've got to be watchful for. Um, in Ephesians chapter 5, again, Paul, this is the ones he had had reminded of but uh, Ephesians chapter 5 let's read 1 through 7 it says therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of those things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience." Therefore, do not be partakers with them. And so that verse 6 there is what I wanted to draw out there. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Uh, and we're going to see uh, here in the uh, in the next section of my lesson, I want to just kind of look at some things, some scriptures of what a lot of these false teachers were were teaching and doing and drawing people away towards. And, and a lot of it, a common theme is a lot of it, it seems like, was being taught that these things were okay that were mentioned there in in verses 3 and 4. And, you know, that's by no means an exhaustive list of the the only things false teachers would teach, but that that is a recurring theme that I think we can see. Um, You know, we'll skip 2 Corinthians 11 is another passage where Paul's warning about false teachers, uh, where he talks about someone else may come in and they may very well put up with them. Galatians chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 10, where, where Paul's warning uh, the Galatians there are really rebuking them, uh, you know, saying, look, if anybody else comes along preaching anything different than what we've told you, let them be accursed. 
Uh, and so over and over again, and that, that's not all of the verses in the New Testament about false teachers, but over and over again we have these warnings. Uh, and so it, it was a problem in the Old Testament. It was a problem during the time of the early church. Uh, and, and, you know, I think we could understand that it's something we're going to have to always be watching out for uh, even today. All right, so back to Second Peter. That was just to show some other passages uh, and warnings from, from other writers about that. But back in Second Peter, I want to just look at chapter 2 and, and pick out some of the things uh, that we can see Peter describing these uh, false teachers as teaching or doing or, or you know, just so, you know, I guess, recognizable things that... that that would jump out at us. But in chapter 2, verse 1, he says they will bring in destructive heresies. Uh, A heresy, if you look up the the definition of a heresy, that's basically in a belief or opinion contrary to religious doctrine, Uh, a dissension, nonconformity, apostasy, blasphemy, and opinion or doctrine at variance with accepted doctrine. Uh, and so heresies in this context that Peter's talking about is someone bringing in something different than what Peter and the other apostles and Jesus had been teaching. Uh, <clears throat> and, and it's interesting to me that, that one of the things that they were doing there in verse 1 was what? Even denying the Lord, right? So uh, denying that Jesus was who he said he was. Uh, and... And all of those things, you know, that one at face value seems like, man, if somebody's doing that, it he doesn't have on very good sheep's clothing, right? Um, but you know, there there's many ways that uh, we can deny him. That concept of denying the Lord uh, is talked about uh, by Jesus in Matthew chapter ten, where he says, "Whoever's ashamed of me, you know, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father." Second um, Timothy chapter two. You know this was something that was a problem uh, during the early church times. Seems like Second Timothy chapter two. Says for this reason I also also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know who I believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep uh, that which I've committed. I don't think that's the verse. 2.12, I'm sorry. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful and cannot deny himself. Um, In 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 22. It says, Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And so this is John, again, talking about, and there's a lot of other verses you could read in First John that talk about uh, deceptions and false teachings and those type things. But here, you know, John's bringing out the point about denying the Lord. And so that was something that was popping up over and over again and as i said a while ago you know i I think that can be a range of of that can fall under a a broad range of things uh from 
saying Jesus wasn't who he said he was to what we see in Titus chapter 1 and verse 6. Oh, hold on, I didn't write. Anybody see the verse about denying him through our works? Yeah, okay. Yeah, 116, not 6. I'm sorry. Thank you. It says, They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Okay, and so think back. That was really the verse I wanted to get to. Um, and thinking about this denying Him, um, what does it say there that they deny Him uh, in their works? And think about Matthew chapter 7. What did Jesus say about our works? You shall know them by their fruits. Uh, the same thing here that Paul is saying, uh, I think, that the things that we do, uh, you know, if we do things that are not what God tells us to do, uh, that is another way that we can deny Him. Uh, because we're denying his teaching, basically. All right, so back back to Second Peter. I think we'll be. Um, we looked at verses one and two, and just con- looking at the things that Peter says about these uh, false teachers or these false doctrines. Verse three says, "By covetousness they will exploit you," uh, and so. Uh, this idea of covetousness in the context here seems to be talking about maybe their motivation or, or the reasons behind it. Uh, and that can get in, you know, being motivated by covetousness can get into uh, a lot of different things also. Um, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I think that it's many times, you know, it boils down to someone's love of the world, right? Uh whether it's love of power or love of money or love of stuff, you know, those type things, uh, love of attention, you know, all that could fall under covetousness and uh, the love of the world. And, and that is one of the things that Peter is saying is what is motivating these people. Uh, in verses 10, we're going we're gonna to come back to, to these other verses. But in back, if you pick up in chapter 2, verse 10... Uh, we get some more information about this. It says, And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. And so several more things here that Peter's drawing out. Uh, we see walking according to the flesh uncleanness, uh, despising authority, presumptuous, self-willed, not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. These are all, uh, you shall know them by their fruit things that I think we could look for and and notice. Uh, If someone's walking according to the flesh, where do you automatically go to? You think of Galatians, right? The works of the flesh. Uh, That's one place we could go to see what that would look like. this idea of presumptuous and self-willed, you know, in my mind that equates to doing what I want to do as opposed to looking and seeing what God wants me to do and what God will allow me to do and, and those type things. And, um, 
again, you know, you could you could hash all this out in a whole lot more detail, but I'm trying to just get through the chapter here. Uh, another thing that that jumps out uh, is this speaking evil of dignitaries. You know, that's something else that that would be a fruit. Uh, and you know, best I can understand, that would be talking bad about uh, the leaders of a country or those in power of a country. And you know, Peter talks about this back in First Peter chapter two a little bit. First um, Peter chapter two and verse thirteen. Uh, it says, Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or governors or to those who are sent as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Uh, and so Peter's already said uh, something about this uh, idea of, of honoring uh, those in charge. And here he's talking about speaking evil of, of dignitaries. And, you know, he draws out the point that, you know, not even angels do that, uh, which is, you know, that kind of jumps out as me as, hey, that's something I need to be careful not to do. Um especially in today's climate. But again, think about all of this as fruits uh, that, that, you know, you shall know them by their fruits uh, type things. And so uh, if if me or someone or anyone comes along teaching something that, that, that we'd be unsure about or, or that we may think is wrong, you know, uh, look at how they're living. Look at the things in their life. That That is one of the ways Jesus tells us uh, you can identify these these situations or people um the answer to all of this that we've been talking about you know walking according to the flesh uh presumptuous and self-willed speaking evil of dignitaries all of that really the the right way uh if you're going to look at fruits and good fruit and bad fruit the right fruit that peter tells us uh we should have is in chapter five of first peter uh first peter chapter five starting in verse five says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to the to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another, and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that this same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Uh, and so, again, in, in thinking about uh, what oftentimes may be associated uh, with false teaching is pride. And that, I mean, that could be myself too, you know, thinking I, I'm the one that's always got it figured out. Those those type situations uh, are oftentimes tied together with false teachers and, and false doctrine, uh, and and the answer to it is humility, uh, and and always just going back to to what God says and submitting uh, to that. Uh, in verse twelve of First Peter two. Uh, some more 
things there about these false teachers that, that Peter is bringing out and warning about. It says they speak evil of things they do not understand. Um, and so when I think about that, someone speaking evil of something they don't understand, you know, my mind immediately goes to the Pharisees uh, and and Jesus. You know, they didn't understand who Jesus was. They didn't want to believe he was who he said he was, but they didn't understand things about him. Uh, and so they did what? They spoke evil about him, right? They, they put him down, talked bad about him, uh, and compare that to the apostles. They didn't understand everything about Jesus. They did... Uh, believe he was who he said he was, but they didn't understand everything he was trying to get them to understand right out of the gate. But their attitude was different, right? They didn't speak evil of him. Uh, their attitude was submissive to him. I can learn from you. Uh, those type things. And so, uh, you know, when I think about those two uh, things being opposed to each other and which attitude we're supposed to have and which attitude anyone who is a, a teacher should have, um, you know, it shouldn't be one that speaks evil of others. Uh, it should be one that uh, wants to uh, to try to teach and learn, uh, who is submissive to the Word of God. Uh, verse 13 of chapter 2 says, And will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. Uh, so, you know, here we can see more of these fruits, identifying fruits, if you want to call it that, unrighteousness, chasing pleasure, uh, this carousing in the daytime. What is that? That's not being ashamed is the way I take that. You know, they don't even uh, care to hide their deeds in the darkness. You know, they're just not ashamed. They're gonna going to do... Uh, these unrighteous things out in the open and and not be ashamed of it. Uh, Verse 14 talks about eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are cursed children. Again, so more, more identifying fruits here. Eyes full of adultery, actively enticing unstable souls, uh, a heart trained in covetous practices. You know, these are all fruits that that, uh, we can see and identify, uh, you know, as being bad fruits or uh, things that should tip us off or help us to to be aware of false teachers. If you look at verses 15 and 16, it says, They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. Um, you know, it says he loved the wages of unrighteousness. Uh, and I think that can come in many forms, right? You know, in Balaam's form, what was the wages of unrighteousness? Why did he proceed with what he was doing? Y'all remember? Money, right? He did it for the money, right? He wanted the money that the guy was offering him to come prophesy. And so, obviously, uh, you know, I think we all understand that that there are some uh, false teachers who that's what they're about. They do it for the money, uh, you know, and it can be a lucrative business. Uh, Just like Balaam's case, uh, they love the wages of unrighteousness. I think that could also... um, 
you, you could get off into to, uh, talking about you know these wages of unrighteousness being the pleasure of sin, right? That that is a uh, what we're after oftentimes when we chase after sinful things uh, or when we choose to, to do sinful things is, you know, we're hoping there's some pleasure in that. Uh, there, there's some fun in that. And, and so that could be a wage of, unrighteous, of unrighteousness. And, and again, also, you know, personal glory or power to make oneself look or feel important or better uh, than someone else. These are all wages of unrighteousness. That's all ways that, you think uh, you can be paid by doing the wrong things or, or, or can gain from doing the wrong things. Uh, none of it are, are things that we should should follow or go after. <clears throat> okay, so verses 18 and 19. Uh, you know, basically in verse 17, Peter is just describing these as basically... Uh, useful, uh, useless uh, people or situations. Wells without water, clouds carried about by a tempest for whom's reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Uh, but in verse 18, it says, When they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh and through lewdness the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise themselves... While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. All right, so you know what is Peter further describing here? It, it, some of their methodology, they're alluring by what? I keep forgetting this is a class. <laughs> hmm? Lust? Is that what you said, Carl? I didn't hear you. Yeah. Alluring by lust of the flesh and by lewdness, you know, and that that goes back to the love of the world. They're alluring by worldly things, uh, and he says they're they're promising liberty. Uh, they're saying basically it's okay to do those things. You know, don't worry about those things. It's okay to be involved with those things. Uh, Jude says the same type thing in Jude, starting in verse sixteen. You know, in talking about the same uh, kind of kind of people, says these are grumblers, complainers. There's that verse, Angela. Me, <laughs> me and her were talking about that. It says these are grumblers and complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. Uh, and it says, but you, beloved, remember that the words that were spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual people who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. And so Jude, you know, painting the same picture there that Peter's painting uh, about false teachers and, and the lust of the flesh uh, that that they'll say those things okay. They'll try to draw you away uh, through those things. Uh, and that is a real danger. You know, this idea of, of promising liberty, it's okay to be involved in things that the Bible describes as sinful. Uh, Peter says, you know, they're promising that when they're really what? They're really slaves of unrighteousness. And, and we understand as Christians we can't be serving unrighteousness. We can't be slaves of sin. We have, we're to have put that to death. That's what Paul tells us in Romans <clears throat> chapter 6, that, that 
you know, don't serve that anymore. Don't be a slave to that. Be a slave to to God, to to righteousness. Um, you know, I think again we could spend a lot of time uh, further developing uh, those thoughts. You know that that idea of of promising liberty or saying it's okay to do these things. This was a real problem back then in the early church times. Think about what was going on in the in the churches in Revelations chapter two and three. Uh, at least a couple of them. They had teachers there who were saying it was okay to commit sexual immorality, right? Uh, you know, and and Jesus rebukes them for that. Rebukes them for allowing those people to teach that and to draw people away. And so that that idea of promising liberty or it's okay to do these things uh, was a problem then, and and it can be a, a problem today. Uh, and we have to be aware of that and and ward against that and fight against that and. And you know, based on what we see in Revelation, again, that's Jesus talking, saying, "Don't allow those things uh, to be taught or promoted, because you know it's sinful and draws people away." Um, see, Colossians chapter two is just another place where we can get some more pictures or, of these fruits. Uh, Paul there in Colossians two, uh, we could read that all, but. You know, basically, if you put it all together in a list there, he says don't be drawn away because of philosophy, because uh, of empty deceit. You know, basically, uh, deceitful promises, they're empty promises, things that aren't going to come true. Don't be drawn away by the tradition of men. Uh, That's a danger, was a danger then, and can be a danger today for us uh, to put tradition uh, over what God says. Uh, and, And according to the world. Uh, again, back that's the recurring theme of all this over and over again is this idea of those worldly things uh, or those are those bad fruits especially that, that we can recognize this by. You know, these are all things that we have to examine ourselves for personally and as a group uh, and be aware of uh, and, and be sure that, that that's not what we're doing or allowing uh, that we're warding against that all right give me just a couple minutes in chapter three and we don't not going to spend just a whole lot of time at all uh in chapter three maybe we can look at that later on in more detail but you know in chapter three peter gives us one more picture there of of some more bad fruits or some more recognizable features uh, that were going to come. Um, it says, uh, scoffers will come... Let me make sure I'm in the right place. Yeah, verse 3. Chapter 3 and verse 3 says, Knowing this verse, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts. Again, back back to that same recurring theme. And saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in in of water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Um, 
But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so you've got there in verse 3, Peter again giving a warning about scoffers who come basically taunting God's promises, right? Saying, yeah, he said that, but look, everything's just as it's always been. Nothing's going to happen. You know, uh, you just do what you want to do. It says, walking according to their own lusts. That's doing what I want to do. Uh, if I walk according to my own lusts. And so you, he's warning about people who basically do that, walk according to their own lusts, who taunt God, uh, who say, you know, don't worry about his promises, don't believe his promises, those things are not going to come true. Uh, but Peter refutes that there in chapter 3 uh, and in other places, um, you know, saying, no, the Lord's promises will come true. Uh, and you're, these people forget that, and that's what he's telling us not to forget. Uh, and and some of these promises that the Lord has made is that false teachers will be punished. Uh, all wrongdoing will be punished. In in chapter two, verses four through eleven, we we skipped over that. Uh, but if you read that, it says, you know, Peter's making the point of think about. God's promises in the past, and and look at what He's done in the past, and realize it's gonna uh, it's gonna come true again. It says, "For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly." And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority they are presumptuous self-willed they're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries uh we we read the rest of that but you know peter is saying remember those promises those things are going to come true look at what god's done to the righteous and the unrighteous through time he has always saved the righteous always punished the unrighteous that's the promise he makes today. And so anyone who, who comes along teaching otherwise, teaching that unrighteousness is acceptable, that you don't worry about being unrighteous, you know, that that's uh, not going to be the right one to be listening to. And, and those type teachers and those promoting and saying that will be punished. Uh, Jude says the same thing in Jude verse 5 through 11. I can't remember if we read all of that a while ago. And Jude uses the same type philosophy to, to say that. He says, I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he's reserved for everlasting chains under darkness uh, for the judgment of the great day. And then he goes on to Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, 
you know, over and over again, these writers of the New Testament saying, look at how God's handled this in the past. That's how he's going to handle it again. Uh, so be sure uh, you are on the side of righteousness. You know, he's also, besides promised punishment, he's also promised promised salvation uh, for following his ways. Uh, you know, in Second Peter chapter 3, and we're almost to the end. Second Peter chapter 3, in verse 11, uh, Peter kind of sums this up. He says, Therefore, since all of these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? Uh, and you keep on reading in verse 14, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things. That means counting on His promises. Be diligent to be found by Him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to His wisdom given to Him, has written to you. Um, and then again in verse 17, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory now forever. Amen. Um, and so Peter's reminding of these promises and, and what is required, what is God wanting from us, but holy conduct, godliness, Without spot, blameless, steadfastness, spiritual growth. Those are the things Peter's encouraging. Those are the right fruits that, that we talked about. You shall know them by the fruits. Those, those are the fruits uh, that God's uh, true teachers are to have uh, and can be identified by. Um, you know, I was going to go back and look again at Matthew 7 and read some more of that. We're out of time, but, but if you read all the way through verse 29, you get past that section that talks about you will know them by their fruits uh, and you get into the part where he says you know many will come saying Lord Lord uh, but that's not enough uh, he, he goes on to say you know they will be punished because of lawlessness and so it, it's going back to being sure uh, we follow the things that he says to follow and anything different uh, you know God's going to punish that's, that's all I had I know I flew through that a more of a sermon topic, but um, you know, I think a lot of that can be developed further and thought about further. It's always, you know, good reminders. That's what Peter was doing was reminding and warning, uh, and that's something we we have to do uh, and be sure of. But 